So Maeve, rhythm. It's the dancer. It's gonna get you. It's gonna get you. <laughs> You're with me. I am. You, you would be. Yeah. Our rhythm's lining up. Yep. Um, Welcome to Writing Our Way Out with Maeve and Kyle. She is Maeve, I am not, and we are back for another fun episode of digging into the pulpy juiciness of the writing process, Maeve. It's Maeve, a how, whole fruit. It's, a, it's the it's whole, a whole fruit. It yeah. is. It is in, uh, how, well, before I get into the conversation, it's great to see you today. How how are you? How are you? I am wonderful beautiful Sunday morning over here, went back to work this week, uh, got the first day, kind of the first day of school tomorrow. We've got an orientation day and yeah, feel like, feel like I'm ready for boots on the ground. Boots on the How ground. are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, Sunday morning here and in the Northeast, we still have a good solid three weeks before anyone will be going back into any classrooms. Yeah. And while it feels like I'm gloating now, and I, I shout out to all the teachers across this uh, lovely land of ours, um, I know that you will be doing a tap dance in May when you are done and we yeah, are still, true. yeah, yeah. So yes. it's, yeah, it's a, it's a zero sum game. And, but I do miss, you know, our friendship, our summer of chatting and being together. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I don't know. I don't appreciate you having stuff to do in the daytime. This is it's, can you, can you uh, just let everyone at school know that you're busy talking to your, your, your buddy? Please? No, I think you should just write more, just oh. spend more time in the afternoons writing. Okay. So yeah. Hash, hashtag need you to level up the productivity while I'm working. <laughs> hashtag am writing. But you know what? You've actually been incredibly productive. Um, not that your not that your capital is a signal of our friendship, but there's <laughs> there's a lot that you've done over this last week to get us moving in the right direction. And you you put us out there. You put us out there in the world and the socials and tell us about that. Yeah, we are out there now. Uh, of course, the podcast, Writing Our Way Out podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. All you have to do is search Writing Our Way Out with Maeve and Kyle. Uh, and you will, I've, we've also been told that if you just search Maeve on Spotify, on yeah. Spotify, <laughs> our podcast is the first to come up, which is yeah. pretty, it's pretty badass. Like I'm okay you, with that. Yeah, yeah. You, Thanks, you, mom. You did that. Yeah, yeah. for real. Um, also, you can find us on, on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash writing our way out pod um, and Twitter at whoa, whoa, pod. Whoa, whoa. W-O-W-O pod. Yeah. Writing our way out pod were, was too many characters. And so yeah. I was like, which then brings me to the question. You and I have, uh, this might be one of our, our biggest disagreements in uh, seven years of our uh, friendship. Do right. we pronounce this whoa, whoa pod? Like, like Joey, like, whoa, like on whoa. Blossom, whoa blossom uh or or is it wow oh i think we let the listeners decide mm. if it's whoa whoa pod or wow oh pod wow wow right. does have wow, a wow. <laughs> does have a sound ring good like, i think you did miss one um one service for podcasts mm. because remember my my sister made a special request yep. just for her we are also available on overcast Yep. Overcast. There you go, Andrea. We are Andrea. on Overcast just for you. And of course, Andrea knows this because that's the only place she gets her podcasts and she's listening to us right now. She does get her podcasts on Spotify. So she she was with, okay with that idea. With the unwashed masses on Spotify? Sure. Uh, th those yeah. of us, those of us who Spotify. <laughs> yes. Andrea, welcome in. Wow, uh, we are and thank you to everyone. We have been 
uh, blown away really with the reception across Twitter and Facebook and um, those of us in our circles, but also outside of our circles. I think it's the beautiful thing when you start opening up to to the community of writers and you know the hashtag writing community as we mm -hmm. see on Twitter a lot and just see how many of us are out there and how much of how many of us really do simply enjoy um, knowing that we're not alone because writing yeah. may I have relished every moment of this partnership and continue to and will continue to. And part of the relish, mm, delicious, mm. Uh, is that um, writing used to feel very lonely to me. Mm -hmm. um, it was a place to accidentally get trapped between my ears um, and doing it with you uh, and doing it with, and I, well, you've said it before, you should find yourself a Maeve or a Kyle. Doing mm -hmm. it with a partner um, is intense and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the second piece I wrote for this whole project that we're doing was a letter to you in yeah. response to one of your pieces. Yeah. And I think that really speaks to what we're doing here that, um, yeah, writing has felt lonely in a lot of ways before. And so I didn't dig into it as much here, but, you know, there's an exchange of what we're learning and um, what we're hoping to learn from this that keeps me writing and that keeps me going back into the pieces that I've written to see um, how I can develop those out a little bit more. Absolutely. And so today we are focusing, and I appreciate you saying that because you're absolutely right. The exchange, so many times when we write for ourselves, which is what, mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I can't stand when people say 99.99%. And yet that number, it, whatever, is right. the amount of writing that is done that is never read. And that's okay. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's meant mm -hmm. to be that way. But when I know that I'm writing something and while we hope to have this book published, um, you know, in the near ish future of these mm -hmm. essays, the writing our way out essays, where we're focusing on, on writing our way out of the COVID years with grace and love and where we see these, uh, these tenets in the world around us. I also know that at the very least, maybe you're going to read it. And that yeah. matters to me. That really yes. matters to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, today, we will be focusing on one of your pieces. Mm -hmm. And it's one that has moved me um, every time I've read it, including preparing for this podcast episode last night and this morning. I've gone back and read it. It's one of your shorter pieces. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and it focuses really beautifully on the entrance to and the navigation of and the rhythm surrounding the um your your professional personal lives those intersections through the beginning and the middle of the covid pandemic mm -hmm. and um i am thrilled about this when i picked this piece before we get into the actual discussion of the piece and it's called tones at least that's the working title now yeah it may change by the time we get to publication um when i chose this piece to talk about today. What were your initial thoughts? Was this a piece that you were excited about digging into um, or was it just sort of a non-thing? No, I am excited to dig into this. And I, this piece I think was sitting somewhere inside me when we started writing, you know, because this one came together pretty quickly. Um, and, and I think that a reason for that is I was working to take these flashbulb moments mm -hmm. of what I call COVID spring, right? You, you see me use that in this essay and in other essays. I'm kind of trying to name time periods 
So COVID spring takes in those stay at home days and the days where decisions are being made and things like that. But I'm trying to lock in some of the things that I remember both visually and emotionally and, and try to do something with those. And so I was really excited to discuss that because in the essay, they kind of appear just as they are with a little bit of thought every now and then. So I'm excited to apply a little bit more thought to the writing. It's, it's very pulpy, um, this piece. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's what attracted me to it, attracts me to it. And I think will attract a number of readers to it when they get to find, when, when the world finally gets to read this. Um, and so I want to start, we'll give you the word, the, the concept that we're tying this all together within a moment. If you've been following along our other episodes, you know, we stick with grace and love. Um, and we also are trying to add another concept on top for either Maeve or, um, or, me to uh, to help to add to the lens as we discuss mm -hmm. these. Yeah. So I want to begin by reading. This is a little a little switch of how we usually do it. I'm going to introduce this piece by just reading the first two sentences of it, and then I off mic. I mentioned I would like this to be the doorway, and then I'd like for you to show us around a little bit. Okay. Um, it's a, the, the MTV Cribs moment. This is what this is. Okay. This is your, okay. your master P. Okay. Can you be, Oh yeah. You're very, every time I've seen you, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, 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 no. All right. So here we go. Spring 2020 appears in my memory in cool tones, a dizzying unsettling vision that feels more like dream than reality. I wonder about the accuracy of my memories. Okay, the door's open. Mm -hmm. You can talk, could you talk to us a little bit about um, when we get into this, we are, I'm gonna ask some very pointed questions about sections that I wanna pull out. But um, you set it up on purpose this way um, to give us those flashbulb moments. Can you talk yeah. about that motivation a little bit? Yeah, as I look through this essay, I, I remember that I spent some time in my, um, in my photo reel on my phone hmm. and just kind of tried to remember what those times look like. And I mentioned that a little bit towards the end. Right. But I also just think about the things that happened during COVID spring that have never happened before, you know, working from home, um, meeting all the, all the teachers and everybody from school, from home, trying to set up a way to reach out to my students and um, having everyone around the house in different places, um, learning or working at different times. And, and, and so I'm trying to take the different parts of the day when I'm working, when I'm playing, when I'm connecting with my family members, even when I'm sleeping and try to put those into one piece that reminds me how I felt during that time. Um, not just like the languishing or the uncertainty, but also, um, you know, what was impacting my feelings and what was happening um, to, you know, what I was hearing from other people about what was going on and, and missing those relationships and, and, and all of it in, in one piece. 
it's beautiful. That what you're looking for. It is what I'm looking for. And honestly, I'm looking for whatever you want to offer. And I love yeah. that about this project working together because it really is. Um, I mean, how many times have you gotten a chance to really dig in on one of your favorite with one of your favorite writers? And that's what we're that's what I'm doing here. Right. You know, every time we talk mm-hmm. um, and the thing. So now I'd like to introduce the concept um, now that you've shown us around a little bit. We've done an episode that focuses on community. We've done an episode that focuses um, on uh, resolve. We've done, you know, we, we really, I, I love when we add lenses. And today, today with the piece tones, I'm introducing the lens of rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you why. And then I'd love for you to talk a little bit about uh, the confluence of rhythm and, um, and grace and love and maybe the challenge of why I'm, of when, when I told you this last night and I'll pull the curtain back a little bit, I said, your word will be rhythm. Um, you asked a great question. You're like, well, really? Like, well, what, what kind of, what are we talking about? And I think my reaction was, I want you to figure that out. Um, but here's why not only do you use the word rhythm in here, right up towards the top. Um, but also you use punctuation in a way and sentence structure and paragraph structure in a way in this piece that I rarely see you use and it's rhythmic. Um, and also I see so much of this piece revolving the way that COVID spring, love that term, by the way, the way COVID spring, um, disrupted our, in our case, 38-ish years of rhythm before that and introduced a brand new meaning of rhythm to our Mm -hmm. already established lives. Yeah. So Maeve, rhythm, it's the dancer. It's going to get you. It's going to get (laughs) you. You're with me. I am. Knew you would be. Our rhythm's lining up. Yep. Um, Talk a little bit about rhythm, would you? Yeah. So- as a teacher and as a mom, I am someone who works with rhythm, rhythm in my life, right? I teach high school, so we have a bell schedule and bells are what tell us to get up and move to the next thing, right? And even in the summertime, it takes a little bit for me to deprogram that part of my brain that you know is like breaking things into pieces. And I always start my summer by having these huge goals for my children, even this summer when I, I, I told myself I wasn't, you know, I had these huge goals of what was going to happen every day. And yeah. All yes. these, we have to have this yes. certain rhythm in the morning before you can engage in leisure. And, you know, <laughs> I just, it's a love hate relationship. I actually, I, I think I went into teaching because of the rhythm of the day. And that's why I walked away from ideas about going into journalism or doing my own writing or anything that was freelance, because I live off of that structure. So rhythm is structure, but just hit the mic. Um, but when all of that got, got taken away from us, I had to find a new rhythm, both for myself and for the just the feeling of well-being around my household, right? Like this is going to be okay. We can have a structure to our days. We'll still 
We'll still go to sleep on time. We'll wake up in the morning that we'll have a new day, but there will be certain things that we do together that will keep us going and keep us feeling like uh, a family, mm -hmm. not just a bunch of people staring at each other. Right. A bunch it's of people staring awesome. at each other whose rhythms have not yet aligned. Right. I, I think about those, uh, about those very same weeks and months. And we'll talk about, um, there's this beautiful moment. It's kind of a dizzying moment actually in your, in your piece about staring at the, the ceiling fan in mm -hmm. bed. Um, and I have similar memories um, of the, of COVID spring. And, but there's th those rhythms, our rhythms hadn't aligned yet. You know, the summer for us as people in education, as you mentioned, it takes a while. The first, honestly, the first two weeks of summer vacation are not great in a teacher's house. No. And, and the last three weeks also not great. <laughs> there's a sweet spot right in the middle. Yeah, yeah, totally. When people are in camp, if we're being honest, it's true when, when they're true. when they're not up in my junk up in this this grill <laughs> um take a breather go there yes, i'll be go, here go there of course i'll be here where else am i gonna go where, where am I now? i'm folding your laundry again always that's always. a rhythm laundry is a whole rhythm it is and it that's is. also disrupted in the summertime mave because there's so much of it i podcast right behind this computer yeah. screen is the laundry room and it taunts me as I'm being creative in this place that I've spoken to you so much this summer. It's I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I brought it up. I can tell <sighs> it's really hard for you. I, am I, am I making that obvious? <laughs> Do we need to like breathe into a rhythm right now to, to come back to what we're talking about? I thought we were talking about my trauma anyways. So <laughs> my laundry trauma. So <laughs> So in this piece, um, where you do um, utilize, you use, utilize, listen to me. I'm, I'm very smart. I use the word utilize. Um, where you employ rhythm, <laughs> employ so beautifully and, and address it head on. Um, there are some places that I'd really like to go. Okay. Um, I mentioned, obviously, the opening line. Spring 2020 appears in my memory in cool tones, a dizzying, unsettling vision that feels more like dream than reality. I wonder about the accuracy of my memories. But then not too far down, uh, as I mentioned, this is a very tight piece. Um, about halfway down that first page, you get into actually dreams. You know, and I love that about the rhythm of the piece is you are, I feel like you pull us out, you, you drive us back in, you drill down, you pull us out. It's, it really is. It has this, this beautiful sort of, um, seasickness feeling to it at times. And I, I love that about this. You're such a strong writer when it comes to, um, uh, getting off the page and, and letting your reader feel with you. So you mentioned, um, these dreams that you're having lying in bed, watching the ceiling van waiting for your eyes to slide closed, sleep being fitful and restless. You say that the, here, I'll read now. These dreams aren't much better. I start to dream of staying overnight at my father's house. I'm every age in these dreams, child, teenager, college student, single woman starting her career. The only thing these versions of me have in common is the desire to escape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I lay some groundwork here? Please. Okay. So my parents divorced when I was three and shortly after, so we were living in Louisville, Kentucky. And shortly after that, um, my 
childhood family. So my mom and my dad, I refer to my, my stepdad as my dad and my father as father. So that might come up later listeners, but, uh, so we moved to the St. Louis area and until I am in high school, my father lives in different places around the country. Never, um, eventually to where, when we go to visit him twice a year, my sister and I are flying as unaccompanied minors. And I think about that, like my, my son right now is going into fifth grade and he's 10 years old. And that's the age I was when I was flying halfway across the country, um, feeling this sense of responsibility for my younger sister. And, um, and then when he did move to the St. Louis area to get a job near us, we were on, a you know, a B custody plan. So every other weekend, every other holiday and a few weeks during the summer. And I actually, I went to court at that point with my mom to kind of lay out, like, this is what my schedule looks like as a high school student. And these are the things that I'd be missing out on. And uh, the judge in that case decided that if I had a school activity, I would stay at home with my mom. And this then became me seeking out activities because if I had things to do, that gave me stability. And I think that trained me at a pretty young age to associate busyness with stability. So there's like a whole rhythm there that I was teaching myself was valuable. Mm -hmm. So then um, with that as our bedrock for this piece of the conversation, Mm -hmm. the actual essay itself does not go into what these dreams are. It Mm -hmm. simply goes into your identity in -hmm. these dreams. Um, Is that because the actual body of the dreams doesn't matter? And this really is all about a reshaping of our identity in COVID spring, or is it because you want the reader to be able to formulate their own sense of what the dreams could be? That's a really good question. So when I think about dreams, when I analyze dreams or talk about them with other people, I always think about the, the things and the people in dreams being archetypes of our narrative and our psychology, right? So my father's home isn't actually his home. And it's not so much about my relationship with him as it is about my relationship with, as I just mentioned, being busy, right? And having things to do and having a rhythm, right? So what COVID threw me into was this feeling that I didn't have something, I didn't have something that was grounding me, right? Mm -hmm. I was back staying in a place where I, I didn't have a structure. I didn't have a sense that this is my home. This is where I belong. I wanted to get back to the things that I'm used to and familiar with and the things that are comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what staying at the, you know, secondary parents house represents to me is not home, right? Not security. Right. And it's not that that relationship was turbulent in and of itself. It just wasn't home. Right. You know? Right. And I wanted to get back to that so much during, during this time that 
that's what my mind was telling me when I'd fall asleep. And it's awesome that you use the word archetype because I think that uh, that rhythm is so archetypal anyway, right? right? I mean, we think about what what is an archetype. It really is the established, it's a baseline rhythm for right. a thing, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you write later on, sometimes when I unlock the meaning behind the recur- a recurring dream, it stops showing up. These dreams continue for years. Yeah. I think COVID unlocked something that was a part of me so deeply that I still have work to do in resolving that. Yeah. Right. It's, it wasn't just that getting back to work was going to fix for me what I discovered. It was that I have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. to unravel the, the relationship that I have to work and busyness. Yeah. Yeah. And I see that. I see that, uh, you know, it, it comes, it comes up in our conversations as well, right? I mean, you and I, um, we really do dig dig deep with each other. And that that is that's something that that you and I have both both sort of struggled with, I think. Yeah. I mean, um, at the top of this episode, didn't I mention like the relationship between your capital and our friendship? You absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. The work that you do on this podcast is that's why we're friends. <laughs> it's yeah, because it's of really... the hours that you put in. And yep. and and because I'm an Enneagram too, uh I Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is really <laughs> is really just a deep dive into me pulling apart my tu- my tunis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for helping me. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting Maeve is the way that the way that another way that I see rhythm showing up in this piece is in the way that the rhythm of your students was disrupted in a way that left them sort of lurching and careening their way through covid spring. And you put a fine point on this in a section where you talk about the way that these students come to you for an establishment of some sort of stasis rhythm. And let me read this piece to you. And I'd love, it's a more extended piece than I usually read, but um, you write days before this, a student asks me if I will do everything I can to make sure they are able to have prom. I tell her there's probably nothing I can do if it comes down to that. That student tells me later that she went to our football field that night with three friends and laid under the dark sky watching stars. I imagine a quiet abandoned campus, no stadium lights for her small group. They talk about everything they had lost in a single day. She said they agreed they would miss me. I'm sorry. That is a really hard part for me to read. Um, but it's so beautiful because I think so much about what that, what that space represents to the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, the way that they came to you to try to make everything right. Can I ask you to react to that and, um, and just open up that piece for us a little? Yeah. So the day that we're talking about is March 17th. And I mentioned that our governor was the first to make a statement about school for the rest of the year. And she said that all school events and classes and the rest of the school year would be done at home and that the state would issue um, a statement about how that would carry out. But it it was a lot here um, to take in in one day because There were other people who saw it coming. Um, I didn't see it coming. I didn't think the whole school year would end in a day because there was no precedent for it around the nation. Kansas set the precedent. 
And, and I'm really proud of our governor for doing that now, now that I look back on everything that happened. You guys are doing some pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. Kansas is doing okay. And, um, and so, but I think for the students, especially for the high school seniors who their rhythm felt like it was, you know, just the last few beats were going to play out and they were going to be moving on. Right. Mm -hmm. And there are things that high school students see as a guarantee or something to look forward to. There's always something to look forward to, to get you through to the next step. Right. There's always a dance or a game Mm -hmm. or the next summer break that's coming up. There's always something. Right. And, and they lost all of these somethings right? Mm -hmm. She mentions prom. There were so many pictures posted of um, students in their prom dresses that they had already bought, um, that they just wanted to show because they didn't have that opportunity. You know, they didn't, they didn't sell them back. They didn't give them away because that represented something to them. And they, they still wanted to capture that moment in some way. Just thinking about those, you're right. I mean, we think about the way that we measure. I mean, the word measure is in rhythm, right? I mean, you think right. about music, right? The way yeah. that we 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 measure our intervals. It's mm-hmm. rhythmic, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I I uh, as 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 an unabashed fan of like the teen drama genre. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when I think about your students laying on a darkened stadium turf also separated because we weren't sure if we were going to physically kill one another by gathering at that point right. and staring up at the stars and then agreeing. I, I can't even talk about this without getting choked up. Agreeing that they would miss you. What a freaking beautiful moment, Maeve. And Yeah. And this particular student and some of the students who I mentioned in this piece, um, I had had the same group of students for three out of their four years in high school just because of the way my schedule changed. They, there were two groups that went through that I had as freshmen and then I had them again as juniors and seniors. So by now I'm just so close to this group of students. And so we all went through a little bit of grief Mm -hmm. and just not having those last few weeks together. Uh And, And that was tough. Well, let's move on then because there, you know, I I've painted all of these, these photos of your, um, uh, the, these pictures, actually, you've painted them. I'm simply recounting them. Um, these moments of of um, of loss and loneliness and and despair. But you also do a really nice job here. There's a great section where you say, "I can think back to March, April, May, and find moments of joy. They are there. I have photos to prove they happened. Even the photos and videos on my phone seem to lack vibrance. Perhaps my memory is permanently colored in blue shades." but maybe we're all shining a little less in those months. Yeah. That's, hey, just you and me talking. I'm going to keep this in the podcast. This part is freaking awesome. Like the that is the beautiful part about when you look back at these months, I have had the same moment. I look back at the me and the boys going down to the river and sifting through the sea glass on the river shore, taking photos near the, near the graffiti we had never seen before. Um, really fun photos. And there's something in the eyes in those photos that yeah. don't exist anywhere else. Right. In years of photos. Yeah. And you just wonder if that's coming from you 
or if it's in the photos, right? Is it the yeah. way I remember these moments? Yeah. Or does it actually exist? And I think the answer is both, but mm -hmm. it's, it's, I like my next sentence. I'm going to read one of my sentences. Please do too. it. My next sentence says we are tempered, fraught with insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, as you're reading that, I'm thinking about a specific set of photos that I have from those, from those months. And you're, you know, you do this beautiful thing in here uh, that the working title, of course, is tones. And you talk about the different tones and the different shades of color that you see. There's gray, there's blue. There's also, you really do a beautiful job of painting. Um, and in here you talk about the blue shades um, and the photos that I'm thinking about from my life, great writing, you know, unites uh, the reader with the writer. And that's where I am right now. They are vibrant with color. And yet you talk about the blue shades and you can see those as well. I would love to know if in the future, after we are done, we're never be done, after we've, we've grappled with these last several years um, and have maybe reconciled our future and our present with what our immediate past was, if the blue will be a little less blue. I don't know. There's I know. no telling, right? You just, you know, our memory has that ability to play tricks on us too, right? Yeah. That we, we convince ourselves that our memories are secure, yeah. you know, and, and psychologists write about this concept of flashbulb memories. Um, and so I think that, that was part of why I wanted to write this piece though, is because I wanted to tell myself just two years after this happened, what it was like. Yeah. And so that for some of the things that I'm looking back at with photos and in myself, that I'm not tricking myself into telling a different narrative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, that's, um, that's interesting to think about it. And that I had not thought about that as a context for this piece. And it kind of feeds into the last section that I'd like to talk about. Right. Um, you know, these pieces are such beautiful ways that we have preserved our moment in our historical moment in amber um yeah. we will be able to revisit this our readers will be able to revisit this and hopefully connect to it but you don't you 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 don't finish this without passing a little judgment on yourself and um and there's there's a moment at the end that i'd like to to focus on if it's okay with you mm -hmm. um it's right after you mentioned that the world is gray um, and we, you do go back into the concept of colors and tones here. Um, you say that by the end of the school year, I have nothing left. My life is about to be turned upside down by a summer of unfathomable, unfathomable personal responsibility that you cover in another essay. And then I skip ahead a little bit here, and I want to read this highlighted part. When I was called to action by whispers, I turned the other way. Today, I think I'm standing somewhere else. That's, that's, a, that's a lot. There's a lot of weight there. Can you lift some of it for us? So COVID spring eventually falls into a bit of a rhythm of creating yeah. what our days and weeks are going to look like, right? <laughs> there are people who had an idea about how long this would last. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm not part of the scientific community to be one of those people. And so I didn't foresee how 
much of our life was going to be disrupted. And so, you know, I go into this next school year and, and I believe that the school year following the onset of COVID was more difficult in a lot of ways than COVID spring, right? Because the rhythm continues to be disrupted. And there was so much fluctuation during that year. Mm-hmm. And I, I just threw myself into work even harder because going back to the students, I wanted to be a force of stability in some yeah. way. Yeah. And maybe I wanted to be a force of stability for myself too. I don't know, but I wasn't, I mean, yeah. I was so hard on myself during that school year um, in believing that I had to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. And if I was on all the time, then I could control the way that things were going. And so that's when, when I mentioned, like when I was called into action by whispers, like all these dreams that were speaking to me about, um, letting go of some of my control, I was able to let those dreams speak to me for a short time, but they didn't go away. And I continued to throw myself into busyness and into a controlled rhythm in order to believe that I could um, somehow outlast what was going on. And then by the time you get to winter break, you are decimated. Decimated. I was. Yeah. I was. I write about having a feeling of personal fatigue that was the worst. And, and every teacher knows this. Every teacher knows that when winter break rolls around and spring break and, and summer break, that there's always just a crash, right? <laughs> and we spend some time hopefully resting and getting ourselves recovered so that we can move on. But I was, I crashed hard. Because the rhythm was break. lost, right? The rhythm, well, not just because. It's not simply because the rhythm was lost. Mm-hmm. But without that rhythm, you were unable to recognize you're swimming underwater, you know, you're coming up for breath and then going back down. You'd been underwater at that point for a barbaric amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Not nearly enough uh, space in your lungs to inhale the oxygen needed. No. Um, (sighs) Maeve, this piece um, is beautiful and I'm so grateful that you shared it with us. Okay, Kyle, can I send some of this back to you. No, and <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. Yeah. I'd love to. Okay. Kyle, can I send some of this back to you? And what I would like to know, uh, you described to me having a similar feeling about your memories and the way that they appear for you. What do you think were some of the things that were pushing you through this time or maybe even holding you back during this time? Either one, pick one. But how do you relate to this um, motivationally? Oh, it's that's a really interesting question for me to dive into because I see so much of myself in 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 these pages that you've written. Um, the almost uh, flippant jubilance of the first couple of weeks. You mentioned sliding down the stairs to start the Zoom meetings whenever the hell you wanted. And you were like, <laughs> seven o'clock's too early, nine o'clock's too late, nobody's awake. Um, that that really resonates with me. Uh, mm-hmm. Teaching at the higher ed level. I will say that, so my, my experience um, uh, as we entered um, our COVID spring um, for me was, March 13th was the day before spring break for a class of students um, who I had 
I, I have a very close relationship to. And that day here in the Northeast was a, was a, a rainy, sticky day, March 13th. And um, I remember the air feeling um, as, as we got word, you know, I'm teaching the class and in my classes, I'm a media professor. So I encourage students to be on their phone. I encourage them to be on Twitter while I'm talking. I encourage them to tweet things I'm saying, and I want them to be able to, um, to stay live in their spaces. And, you know, that's as training journalists, I need them to be able to do that. And, um, and as I was teaching, we got the, the email saying that they were, that spring break was going to be extended by a full week. Um, and there were three students in particular, three women who I have very close relationships with, um, still who stayed after class, they lingered and they all said to me, do you think we're going to be back here? And I, as you mentioned, I had, I also have no idea. And so, um, and all three of them said, I, I, I'm afraid, well, not all at the same time, but they all expressed that because they truly believe that we were never going to be in that space together again. And I wasn't there yet. I didn't believe that because I had no idea, but I, as the, in the Maeve role, um, just knew that I would, I represented stability for these, for mm -hmm. these adults. Yeah. Um, and so each one of them said, I, I would really like to get a hug goodbye in case this is our last time in a classroom together. I, <laughs> I told you this is hard for me. <clears throat> and, um, and because we couldn't, because we didn't know what this virus was, um, <laughs> I can still see them in that moment. I didn't get that hug in our space that I would have gotten if we just did it 24 hours earlier. If the, when I saw them on the Wednesday, if when, if when Gabby and Grace and Angelica and I were, cause they always hung after that class. If they, if we had just had the foresight to grab that hug and seal that moment for each other, um, I would think very differently about the way that I entered COVID spring. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the moment for me that, that I will always keep with me. That was the moment when, when my rhythm was fully thrown off. Yeah. Um, was with was with Gabby and and Grace and Angelica. Could there be better names for those people in that moment? It's a good trio. <laughs> Grace, really good trio. Angelica, and Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, that's much happened so quickly. Yeah. So yes. quickly. Yes. Yeah. And so then it became about. Um, then it became about. How do I protect my family? Yeah. Like in a very visceral way. You know, what's really interesting. I'm realizing from your perspective is that the, the rhythm of the sports world yeah. was a big part of what made this move forward. And I just, I'm realizing how, um, how much that must stand out in your memories as a sports journalist, Yeah, just thinking about how like people weren't taking this seriously yeah. until the games stopped. And I'm not sure if you remember me, but I had the two days before the world stood still, I had just, I had just been hired to cover the final four for, a, for a national organization and had two days before booked my plane tickets. Mm -hmm. Um, and in 48 hours, um, not that I, you know, this is not a big, but like, but in that moment, th that rhythm of the was, and I had just returned from covering the Super Bowl in a room that had 
eight weeks later been turned into a field hospital in Miami Beach. Wow. Um, yeah. In a room where I was watching people wearing masks because this thing called COVID was rumored. And here I was shaking hands with people from all across the globe and hugging people I hadn't seen from all across the globe since the Super Bowl before. I know COVID was in that room. I know yeah. it. But the whole time in my mind, I'm thinking, look at these jerks with the masks on. What is, pff, what are they doing? And then here I am reading stories about the room I was just in. Um, chock full of ventilators and people losing the battle against this virus. And, um, and yeah, so you're right. The sports world was, that was very emblematic for us too. And for me, as a person who teaches sports journalism, the next year with almost no ability to teach sports journalism in a live, um, in, in a live environment, it really, it really threw everything I knew to be true as it did with all of us, um, uh, into, into a blender for sure. Yeah. That's a missing piece to your puzzle that I hadn't really thought about until yeah. now. Thank yes. you. Oh, thank you for asking. I would love to encourage everyone to continue to reach out to us. We've gotten some really wonderful outreaches um, in our inboxes, on our Facebook comments, in our Twitter feed. Follow us on Twitter at wowopod. Wowopod. Wowopod or wowopod. W-O-W-O-Pod at W-O-W-O-Pod. Follow us on Facebook. You can uh, go on to facebook.com slash writing our way out pod. And of course, um, follow us on all the, you know, subscribe to us on uh, Spotify, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, on Overcast, definitely Overcast. Yes, Andrea. We're big on Overcast. Um, Yeah, but we really appreciate everyone reaching out. This is this writing community is big. It is vibrant. It is important. Your words matter. Your words save lives. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and that's, thank you for that. There is a program in, uh, in Leavenworth, Kansas coming up, um, LV arts, uh, which one of my dear friends um, has spearheaded over the last couple of years is hosting an event called Words Save Lives on September 17th. And I hope to read this piece at that that event. Words Save Lives is going to take place across Kansas in multiple events. And it is a way to look at how our writing uh, can foster connections with each other and um, focuses on suicide awareness and, um, yeah, saving each other through our truth and our vulnerability and, uh, putting writing in action to take care of one another. I am so excited to hear about that event afterwards leading up to it. We will talk about it as much as we can leading up to it. We want everyone to support the word save lives movement. Absolutely. Well, look what you've done. You've wasted another hour with writing our way out. She is our ish. Yes. Our ish. We exist in so much ish. That's, I mean, we are ish. And I think that's the beauty of writing is that we are just ish most of the time. Ish. Ish will (laughs) save lives. I saw, I saw, I saw a great tweet this morning. That was uh, the problem with being a writer is I know exactly what I want to write. I just don't know how to write it. I thought, (laughs) the essence of ish right there it is it is just write just write it and it'll it'll make its way around somehow it will will, and we are here we are here you are there you have wasted another hour with writing our way out she is Maeve I am not we will catch you next time